Okay, I've got some bad news for you if you're in the car with your kids. Yeah, this is the old disclaimer. There's some explicit language, not just any explicit language, like the the granddaddy of all explicit language in today's episode. But I don't like to censor my guests. So I figure I'll just warn you about it. And then you can make an informed decision about whether you want to continue on and in what environment you choose to do that. And to help you with your decision, let me just say today's episode is a hard R as far as language goes. But it also opens up a discussion about the language and why do we get so hung up about words anyway? Oh my gosh, you said a word. I'm telling. Anyway, it's a great show today, if you don't mind some salty language. Another option, by the way, if you have chapter markers on your podcast app, is you can simply skip over the interview with today's guest. Now, this will also decrease the laughter you experience, and thus fewer endorphins will rush to your brain, making you feel good. But you got to do what you got to do. And I got to get this podcast started. Good news is next. The Daily Detour. Headlines and entertainment on your schedule. Featuring music by our house band, Quickie. And now, your host, Dan Roberts. Happy holidays. I hope you had a great Christmas. We'll get into the good news and then we'll we'll talk some more. Right now, the story of a 15-year-old boy with autism in Florida who's been drawing pictures of the golden arches ever since anyone can remember. I mean, I'm looking at what must be a wall of McDonald's drawings right now in colored pencil and crayon. Some of the pages, most of the pages, are filled with multiple images of the golden arches. It looks like somebody likes their Happy Meals, and that person would be Devin Winters. His mom is Tiffany, and a couple years back, after a hurricane destroyed the McDonald's in the nearby Panama City, asked if anyone recovered the famous golden arches from the storm debris so she could give it to her son. Well, the owners of that McDonald's got the message, heard Devin's story, and invited him to work at McDonald's for a day. Which, you know, if you're drawing McDonald's arches on a daily basis, that's a big deal for you. So he had a great time, and they awarded him with, yes, the golden arches from the storm debris. But you're saying, Dan, this was a couple of years ago. You must really be scraping the bottom of the barrel now for good news. Certainly there's more current good news out there in the world. Well, there's a new chapter in the story this holiday season. The owners of that McDonald's, who also own several others, stayed in touch with Devin and his family, who live 40 miles away from any town in any direction. So a good set of wheels are important, and they surprised the family with a new car so that Devin can get to school, get to doctor visits, therapy visits, whatever he needs, whatever the family needs. Uh, They now have a reliable vehicle to do so with. And we got to give a shout out to the owners. Their names are Tim and Tracy Johnstone. And they said, in a year of unprecedented challenges, we're reminded of how an act of kindness can uplift one another. It was truly such an honor to see Devin's face light up when he saw his gifts and to know that we could help him and his family means everything. It was a very cool story. I had a little McDonald's playset when I was a kid. It was literally like the you had the exterior of the McDonald's and then you could see down inside of it like there was no top on the on the roof. It had a cash register that a bell rang and it had a place to return your trays. (laughs) But I never did want to work there. I managed to avoid working in fast food, although I've given them plenty of my money. Uh, I did box groceries, though, beg groceries. So I've got that going for me if the job market doesn't improve. That's right. I'll give you some fun facts about Dua Lipa with traffic and weather on the fours. And I'll put the eggs on top of those canned goods. Thank you for shopping at Radio Mart. Keep it here for Taylor Swift. 
All right, I've got a good show for you today. Excellent guest, one of my favorites. Always makes me laugh. And this conversation actually took place in April. So yeah, I'm digging into my KZZU archives. Shout out to them for letting me do that. I thought it was a good time to do so because, you know, it's the holidays. It's the end of the year. People are busy not being busy. And I wanted to let them do that. So this might be an encore presentation for you of my interview with Jesse Mae Peluso, comedian, podcast host, Alzheimer's advocate. But this is a podcast, so I won't censor a thing that she says, unlike the radio version, which was cleaned up considerably, as you'll find out today. You can guess which parts I cut out. But I think she's hilarious. I think she's got a great uh, point of view. Honestly, I don't know if she makes things up on the spot sometimes or if she has these thoughts written down, you know, on a notebook somewhere. But she always has a good answer to anything I throw at her. So it, it sounds like we have pondered many of the same things in life. But before we get to Jesse May, we've got to find out what's happening in the news. Headline news with Dan Roberts. I'm Bob Binklefart. Dan Roberts has the night off. I always think that's weird when the news begins with that stellar produced opening. And then it's like, oh, no, just kidding. That guy's not here tonight. That gal isn't here tonight. It's the B team. I don't get any damn paid holidays off. But tonight's my chance to shine like a star. Yeah, this could be your big break, Bob Binklefart. Yeah, they've been dangling that carrot in front of me for seven years, but I really think, I really think this is my year. 2021? No, 2020. Really? Good luck with that, Bob. Luck has nothing to do with it, mister. I'm a powerhouse. Well, there's pretty much two things on the minds of most Americans uh, right now. One is the vaccine for COVID. And the other is that pandemic relief package that the president said he wasn't going to sign as of Friday. But good news for you today, last night around 8 o'clock, the president signed the bill, which will offer economic relief to millions of Americans. It will keep people from being evicted from their homes. And we've decided to fund the government again. Is it, people can work in the government and solve our problems. Seems like there was a lot going on there. And I should probably just stop there because that's the good news. But it did get murky. It seemed cut and dry to me. It's like, oh, good. He changed his mind or came around or whatever. Uh, but then I guess he redlined a bu bunch of stuff that he'd like to see changed, but he didn't veto it. So I don't know. Are they supposed to come like counter? It's signed. So I don't know that they have to respond at all to that, but it's it's interesting. Anyway, Democrats say there uh, is another relief bill coming as early as possible during the Biden presidency. Uh, the GOP says we'll have to wait and see. Everybody got on board with this bill, so if the need is still there, I imagine they will do the same. Now, if you're like me, you turned on the news Christmas morning, a day where if I'm the first one up, I'm enjoying a cup of coffee, sneaking a peek at what Santa brought me, and then rewrapping them before anyone else in the house wakes up, while watching the Disney parks put out a show for me, live from Disneyland, Disney World, the Animal Kingdom, Disneyland Paris, you get the idea, featuring your favorite artists like New Kids on the Block. No, I don't, no, nope. Jonas Brothers. Well, later, yes, current Jonas Brothers. I like that stuff. And someone you've never heard of, but will be impossible to avoid in just a few months. Hear them now on Radio Disney. Anyway, so I don't even know if that happened in any way, shape, or form with the pandemic. I know, you know, the crowds aren't allowed in the parks, at least not all the parks. But instead, I woke up to the live uh, breaking news, and it really was breaking news, an overused term on certain cable networks. But the breaking news that there was an explosion in downtown Nashville. And there was a bomb inside an RV. And I don't know how much you've heard about it, but it's creepy. I watch a lot of, you know, tried and true detective shows. 
on TV, uh, the latest being Bones. Like, I'm binging on Bones. Never watched it the first time around. My wife and I are we're almost to the end of it. I think we've got one or two seasons left. But this sounds like something from an episode of Bones or CSI Miami or something because this RV was just parked in the middle of downtown Nashville, Tennessee with a message blaring from the inside in a computerized female voice like Alexa or Siri saying that there was going to be a bomb going off. So nice of this culprit, I guess, to warn people, which obviously alarmed people, which brought it more attention, which might have been the true intent. So people are listening to this, you know, artificial intelligence warning as police are getting people out of the area. Suddenly the voice stops and the golden oldie downtown, downtown, from Petula Clark suddenly starts playing. And that's what people heard right before the explosion which from what I understand did quite a bit of damage in downtown uh, Nashville. The nearby AT&T building, which was in the blast zone, I think, uh, we're trying to get everything back up and running for people, and they'd made some progress as of last night, but I don't know where it sits this morning. What I can tell you is that police had a suspect, and they found their suspect in the remains of the bomb blast. So that person was inside the RV when it exploded. His name, Anthony Quinn, not the actor, as it turns out, But what they don't have is a motive. You know, usually there's some manifesto in a situation like this, right? So who knows if we'll ever have answers. Very bizarre, though. And a horrible way to start Christmas morning. I was kind of sorry I turned on the TV. I would have liked to have been blissfully unaware. But doesn't that sound like a plot on a crime show with the creepy warning, almost like a countdown, and then the pleasant golden oldie song comes on, and then boom. It's like a Batman villain. And then there was uh, an alleged copycat. I, I don't know if this was just a person with the poor choice in vehicle for the, the Christmas weekend and a poor choice in music, but there was a, a box truck, it's being described as, parked outside of a local convenience store in Rutherford, and it was playing audio similar to what was heard before the Christmas Day explosion in Nashville. And so police shut down the Tennessee highway uh, until they could locate this vehicle and determined that it was not a threat, I guess. Isn't that bizarre? Hey, don't shoot, don't shoot. I, I just listened to Golden Oldies in my box truck. Parked out here, suspiciously. People are strange when you're a stranger. Oldies seem wicked when you're alone. Also this past week, archaeologists in Pompeii, the city buried by a volcanic eruption in 79 AD, found the equivalent of a food truck. Uh, buried in the rubble, and they've cleaned it up. Uh, Actually, probably more like uh, something you'd find at a farmer's market, but beautiful artwork adorning it, bright, vibrant colors, and you can still see them. They haven't uh, restored it so much as just cleaned it up. So it's the original art, which also helped them determine that it was indeed uh, used for food preparation. Uh, There's a picture of a chicken. And not like at KFC, where they show you the pictures of the, the finished product, the crispy, fried, breaded chicken wing, drumsticks. Now, this is the chicken that you would see running around in the farmyard. Maybe you'd have it as a pet. Which brings me back to my previous statement. I would rather be blissfully unaware of what I'm eating. I just want it to taste good. I don't want to think about it. As far as I can tell, that is the world's oldest known fast food establishment there in Pompeii. 2,000 years old. Oh, speaking of which, there was leftover food in some of the terracotta jars. Yeah, there were crumbs left over. Preserved for 2,000 years. So now uh, people can stop taking photos of their leftover McDonald's from seven years ago that never seems to deteriorate. Because now we've got this. 
Pompeii has beaten your record, McDonald's. But also, good job with the uh, good news in the first story today. All right, Jesse May Peluso's coming up. It will be a funny interview, but it'll also get you fired if you listen to it without earbuds in the office. So please, for your benefit, listen responsibly. Also, I talked about the famous King family's Star Wars yard display last week on the podcast. I finally got it posted on YouTube if you want to take a look at that. It's also on all my socials at Dan Roberts Voice. And because I'm a goofball, I did a little sketch uh, to go along with it. Heaven forbid I just post the damn video. No, I got to ham it up. You know what? I'll put a link to that in the episode description for today as well. Okay, it's time to turn our attention to Hollyweird. Weirdo. It's been a bad week for Taylor Swift. Hot on the heels of her uh, third number one album in like two years. Los Angeles Kings fans have finally gotten their wish and her banner was removed from Staples Center. Hockey fans said ever since it went up, the Kings have been losing games. It's the Taylor Swift curse. And so they're thankful that it's over now. No pressure, Kings, to not suck going forward. By the way, Taylor Swift received that banner in 2015 to celebrate her record of the most sold-out shows at the stadium. I can see any arena doing the same thing to honor the artist. You want to make sure they feel at home. You want to have them come back and sell out again. It's good for business. It's good for the community. But, you know, if the banner's cursed, it's got to come down. That's just, that's just common sense. The other bad news for Taylor Swift this week is that she's also being removed from an iconic Nashville mural. It's a popular tourist attraction in Nashville. Taylor Swift is up there right now alongside Dolly Parton, Willie Nelson, Reba McIntyre. But I guess they figure she's a pop star now, not doing so much for the country audience. And so they're replacing her on the mural with Brad Paisley, who I feel bad for. I love Brad Paisley. But I don't know if you want to be the guy whose who's mug replaces Taylor Swift. I don't know, like her hardcore fans are likely to treat you as if, uh, you know, you painted that yourself. You painted over her mural, Brad. Taylor Swift fans aren't on your side. This is the part of my show where one of my former co-workers would come in and go, you sound really good. You on something? Which sounds like an insult, but it was coming from the rock guy, so I find it very flattering. And the answer is no, I don't do that stuff, man. Heck, I haven't even had a drink in uh, well over a year. Was that a humble break? Did I just slip in that I thought it was a good show so far? All I'm saying is I feel like I've had a few moments of inspiration that are either going to sound fantastic or annoy the crap out of you. But at least you'll be feeling something. Jennifer Aniston getting a little flack over the holidays after she shared a post on Instagram showing a Christmas ornament engraved with the message, Our First Pandemic 2020. I'd love to tell you that I'm outraged about that, but I get it. Don't you get it? We all get it, right? Not everybody gets it. Here are a few comments from the complainers. Paco says, Cheers to our first pandemic of 2020 where millions of people died. Let's celebrate that on a Christmas ornament. Kaz says, I've had enough of rich people. And Ray says, why is Jennifer Aniston talking about our first pandemic like it's a baby shower? I don't get it. No, no, you don't. And you know what? It's funnier if you get it. It's called sarcasm, Ray. And the joke is, yeah, why would you do that? But someone did it and she bought it from Etsy for like $5 or someone bought it for her and it's on her tree. Deal with it. Honestly, I was more offended by that movie she did for Netflix with Adam Sandler. Did anybody find that funny? I guess some people liked it. I thought it was bland. Thought they were great, but someone wrote words for them to say that weren't very funny. That's all I'm saying. 
All right, listen up or plug your ears as we check in with this week's guest, Jesse Mae Peluso. Am I not supposed to swear? No, you can swear. <laughs> we were chatting there. Yeah, you can put whatever you want. But the first <laughs> F-bomb of the day, I've been up since 7 a.m. That's like so cute of you. I think I woke I've up with up an F-bomb. I've been up since uh, 6.20 or something like that, but I haven't cussed yet, I don't think. That's how you should start your day. Do you talk to yourself? Do you ever do you like Every, say things all the like, time? Yeah, I do too. My wife started to make fun of me, and she doesn't realize she does it too. But <laughs> so I'm sure I dropped an f bomb just walking around the house <laughs> talking to myself. You know, first I think it's important to talk to yourself. My first act today was to uh, open. Uh, there's a bottom cupboard in the bathroom, and I, you know, the toilet paper was running low. So my first act was to grab a fresh roll, and I banged my elbow against the the wood. And I'm sure that an F-bomb flew out. It had to have. There's no way I let that go. No. That's like a perfect... Not th- Are you a dad? I'm not a dad. Well, that's a perfect dad moment to like <laughs> let it out. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> well, this segues nicely. I want to... I mean, I should give you a proper intro here. Uh, Jesse Mae Peluso, you're a comedian and you're an Alzheimer's advocate, I want to say. I don't know if that's... I'm using that word right. You're not advocating for people to get Alzheimer's, but you... <laughs> You've lived through it with your uh, father, I believe, and so you you know a a thing or two about that, and then you're also a proponent of the uh, cannabis lifestyle. Yes, sir. You got it all. You (laughs) nailed it. And a podcast host. What are you doing with the podcast world? Well, I have a Sharp Tongue podcast that I do weekly, and then I have a first season of Hilarious, which is me and my dispensary partner, and we just interview various friends of mine about their pot use, the grass, the jazz cabbage, the broccoli. <laughs> did Jazz cabbage, is that a thing? Or did you, I mean, it's a thing, but did you make that up? You know, one of my friends said it to me, and then it's, it's a very dad thing. You know, like, you smoke in the jazz cabbage. It's a very, like, upstate kind of... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> kind of a uh, vernacular. All I want to say now. Yeah, I know <laughs> it's it's addictive. When the restaurants reopen, the first thing I'm going to say is, "Do you have any jazz cabbage?" <laughs> Just to see the look on their face, the confusion. And if they're not confused, then I know what they're doing after work. Yeah, you know, if they give you a little winky wink, then you got to find an alley <laughs> stat. It's all about the alley. It's all about the alley. <laughs> oh my God, that's hilarious. Where, were, where was I headed here? I was headed. Th- you, you were you- praising my uh, existence. <laughs> you were you were hoping that I wasn't advocating for people to receive Alzheimer's, which Correct. you know I am. I am. I, I'm I'm getting people to get Alzheimer's. It's a reverse, you know. It's a reverse psychology approach to the disease. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but you got it all right. You were praising me. Okay. No, you had mentioned dads. Dad, you've mentioned dads twice now, so I think there's a little I have. obsession. Oh, because you were talking about swearing when you hit yourself, and I think it's a really dad thing to do. Yeah. Like, my dad used to, oh, anytime he got hurt, he wouldn't even say the full word, but he'd go, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> and it didn't even sound like a swear word. My fa- what's your favorite curse word? Uh, it's inside the actor's studio now. A cunt. Oh, jeez. And I don't know why that's so bad, but it's bad in America. Like in Britain, they say it, and you're like, oh, I guess they get to do that. (laughs) But here, it's like the worst thing you can say. Yeah, they're tossing it around. They call their friends cunts. Here, you know, you got a whole blog by a feminist as to why you're destroying the women's progress in the world, you know? So So am I I destroying men's progress by saying you're a dick? No, 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 no. Uh, I think Hitler kind of ruined it for you guys. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's a fair point. He also ruined 
He also ruined the Charlie Chaplin mustache. I mean, you, you can't oh, you can't did. convince anybody that you're being Charlie Chaplin unless you've got the bowler hat on, I suppose, and the whole the pants and all and the cane. But yeah, and you don't yeah. say much if I you're silent. This might be BS, but I I think I heard that Hitler actually was a huge Charlie Chaplin fan. He was, and that's why he had that mustache. I heard the same thing. And okay. you know what? It's funny because when I was on Rogan last time, we talked about this. He reminded me that, do you remember Michael Jordan? He had a Hitler mustache for a while and he did a commercial. That's right. That's right. And he had the little teeny Hitler stash and just kind of wore it and no one said anything. <laughs> you can't rock a Hitler stash. I'm yeah. sorry. That's the face. That's like think, the facial yeah. hair equivalent of the using the n-word you that's, just can't oh my goodness yeah well i think that's how you find out you're like wondering you're now you've been famous for a while you've got money you've got your entourage you're wondering who you can really trust who are the yes, yes. men i think the thing that you do is you grow a hitler stash and anybody that does not comment on it on the first day you let them go the people that tell you that you shouldn't be doing that those are your real friends yeah, I th- you know what? And that brings up a really good point Does because <laughs> yes, because I say this a lot to girls where they're like, "Uh, she's she's such a good friend of mine. She doesn't judge me." That's not a good fucking friend. Right. You want a friend that judges you. Yeah. You want a friend that goes, "Whoa. Why are you dating the dude that yeah. sleeps on the couch all day long and doesn't contribute? Right. What are you doing? He's not an artist. He's homeless." <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend that's a musician, and I don't have COVID-19, but I do keep coughing. I've got a tickle in my throat. That's what they're all saying. That's how they get you in the van now. That's the new equivalent of I've got candy. <laughs> you're so, I love you so much. That is, you're just, <laughs> what a unique perspective on the world. I love it. Um, yeah, I have a friend that's a musician, and the reason he likes me, and he's told me this, is that I will tell him when I don't like one of his songs. Or not like, I won't just like take a crap on it but i'll tell him like why something's not working for me or what could be better he knows i'm not just going to give him a a thumbs up or a thumbs down and he likes that i think that is a factor in life that keeps you moving and striving you need the challenge you need honesty you need authenticity there's so much fabricated in our world there's so much simulated in our world right now with our devices and the shows and we there's a lot of escapism so that once when you you get somebody in your life that gives you a dose of reality or truth you got to hang on to that because that's invaluable there's there's plenty of yes men and women there's plenty of sycophants in the world you got to surround yourself with people who go no bitch you look crazy You need no bitch. You look crazy, friends. That's right. <laughs> I feel like I, I don't have it. I don't have it handy, but I feel like that deserves like one of those NBCs. Uh, da, 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 the more yeah, you where's know. your sound? I thought you had a whole soundboard on this. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really kind of sad. I was waiting for like applause, like an Oscar yeah. audience applause. Yeah, oh, I don't have that ready. Uh, on the- you need like a nice, fa- like a. <laughs> More with Jesse May Peluso tomorrow, and I don't think it gets any dirtier, but it doesn't get any less dirty. I think she's fun. Anyway, I hope you had a good Christmas. I don't know if it was a white Christmas. It was not a white Christmas here in Spokane, where I live, until late at night on Christmas. And we finally got our snow, and it is stuck for a while. I think there's more on the way by uh, by New Year's Day, if I'm to understand correctly. And uh, I don't like it. Oh, I knew it was coming. It's Spokane. It's got to happen. And I left here. I got away from the snow. Then I came back. And now I have snow in my life again. It's like getting back together with an ex. You're like, oh, yeah, yes, that's right. That's what I didn't like about you.
People are like, oh, it's not that bad. Other people are like, oh, I love the snow. Do you? Do you really? I mean, I do like a white Christmas. It's pretty. But I maintain that if you love the snow, if you love winter because you just love the snow, if you aren't a skier because they're crazy, they get a hall pass. They are trying to kill themselves with trees on a frequent basis. But if you love snow and you don't indulge in a winter sport, I also have to believe you're not the person shoveling the snow. Because if you had to clean up the sidewalk and the driveway with a shovel or a snowblower, trust me, you would like it a little bit less. But I was out there cleaning it, and I'm stubborn. I did use a shovel just because it was easier to get out of the garage than the snowblower, which is tucked behind the mower and just crap that needs throwing out. I see, you know, the shovel seemed like the easy way out, but it's easy in the way that a shortcut is actually not a shortcut, right? <laughs> it's like, well, we got lost taking that shortcut. So, you know, if there was just a couple inches of snow, the shovel's actually quicker, I feel. But this was like a good four or more inches, and it was heavy. And, uh, man, my muscles were sore shoveling that stuff. And so I finally got the blower out, and my wife's out there reading instructions to me because it's been a year or more since I used it. I don't think I used it at all last year. And the thing never wants to start. The first time you bust it out, never wants to start. And you pull that cord, and you about pull your shoulder out of its socket, and then it's like, yeah, Screw it. Screw my pride. I'm not going to take it. I'm going to go ahead and use the electric start. And even that didn't work at first. It's just it's this machine is trying to beat me down, trying to strip me of uh, everything that's holding me together right now during this pandemic. But I finally beat it. I beat it. Hit the button one final time and <laughs> off to the races. So let that be a lesson to you. Not about stamina, not about determination, not about grit. The lesson is always begin with the electric start. And in the words of Tiny Tim, God bless us, everyone. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know what was in my coffee this morning, but there you go. It is time to say goodbye. Have a good day, and I will talk to you next episode. You've been listening to The Daily Detour, a production of Basic Bits, LLC, hosted by Dan Roberts, music by Quickie, and I'm your announcer, Libet Wolf. New episodes drop Monday through Friday. Subscribe now so you never miss a moment. And we'll chat with you next time. Hey, hey.